today's reading, September 13, Real Intercession. The scripture for today is Isaiah 59, 16. And he saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Woo, that gives me chills up and down my legs, guys. It's uh, 2.30 in the morning. I could not sleep. I'm wide awake. And music is going off in my head. And it's a gospel song. Thank God, you know. And uh, I tr- I'll, I'll play it for the rest of the days. When God does that to us people, when you come up with a spiritual song in the middle of the night, play it and play it the next few days because it is battleground to what a wave of the enemy is sending our way. There could be a blessing coming your way. We're ready for it. And there could be a... We, we need to fight spiritually. They could be, uh, so we're ready in season and out of season against the tactic of the enemy. And the Lord has always given us his love and his words to combat. So whatever that song is, he, he died for me. He paid the price for me. It's a gospel song by uh, a black brother. You know, one of these new guys, um, and it's just beautiful melody. I, I, I love you too much to try to sing it. So let's get back to our study. Isaiah 59, 16, and he saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. When someone hurt us, when someone hurts us, our natural human reaction is to strike back and to ask God to clobber them. Can he see this? But that's not God's way. I realized that one time when I was, some of my relatives of mine got robbed. Ah, they were such innocent people. I was praying about the situation and puzzled over it. Lord, I began to ask, why did you let this happen? Why didn't you just knock that thief over the head when he tried to do that? Suddenly, God enabled me to go back up to the situation and look at it with a spiritual instead of surely purely natural eyes. When I did that, I knew the answer to my question almost as quickly as I had asked it. It was because of his mercy. God has great, great mercy, not just for me and my family, but for others too. Think about that for a moment. Next time someone does you wrong, instead of asking God to clobber them in the head like I did, Consider the fact that as honoring as they may be, he may well have a grandmother somewhere who's praying for them to be saved. Stop and remember that God loves them enough to die for them, that he is longing to pardon, not punish them. Then you can begin to pray for them instead of against them, uniting yourself with his grandmother or anyone else who happens to pray for him. You can go to the Lord for mercy for him. And you can go up against the devil on his behalf. That's real intercession, and it throws the forces of darkness into total confusion. They have absolutely no defense against it. The Lord is looking for people who are bold enough, committed enough to do that. Dare to be one of them. When you're tempted to clobber someone, dare to change his life instead. Amen. Beautiful reading, okay? And we'll read the 14th. And we'll read the 
14th. Take correction. Gloria Copeland. Scripture is Proverbs 9, verses 8 and 9 from the Amplified Bible. Reprove not a scorner, lest he hate you. Reprove a wise man, and he will love you. Give instructions to a wise man, and he will be yet wiser. Teach a righteous man, and he will increase in learning. There is one thing you can do that will accelerate your spiritual growth more than almost any other thing. Learn to take correction from the Spirit of God and from His people. So few believers seem to be able to do that. When their preacher gets in their pulpit and preaches about something they already know, about some aspect of life they already submitted to the Lord, they think he's great. They like him because he makes them feel good. But the moment he stands up and begins to preach about something they're doing wrong, they take offense. God says that's foolish. He says in Proverbs 1.7, Only fools strike out at that or despise correction. So don't be like that. When your pastor or anyone else in the body of Christ has a word of correction for you, receive it gratefully. Appreciate those who share the wisdom of God with you. When someone points out somewhere that you missed it, instead of reacting against them, examine yourself and say, Is that right? Does that agree with the word? Do I need to make a change there? If the answer to those questions is yes, then make the changes you need to make to get your life in line. I know that's not easy. None of us like to be corrected. But if you make up your mind, you're going to receive that correction anyway. That you're going to remain teachable. You'll be able to go on and grow in spiritual things much more quickly. One man said, if you think you already arrived, you aren't going anywhere. Remember the next time someone corrects you. Love that person and thank him for speeding along your spiritual progress. If you do that, you'll come out ahead every time. Amen. One of the hardest things for us Christians is to, is to for me, is to learn uh, who's, a, who's a reprover, reprover, reprove, not a scorner, excuse me. Who's a scorner? And the word scorner is uh, who's an agitator, who's a... a can't say a judger because we are supposed to judge righteously properly as part of our human inheritance to be careful of dangerous people places and things and we have a good judgment the uh, the idea is we have to uh, understand that the other the, the reprover and the scorner cannot learn they are infected with uh, you know with a with a wall and it's from childhood and even if seven wise people prove information to a a, rep- a scorner they're not going to change their mind that's what the Bible says and even if you hit the fool a thousand times in his back wow they didn't have to hit me a thousand times <laughs> how about you and with that, let's go ahead and, sh- and shift gears right here real fast uh, since we're in the area of reading material today. I have a book I haven't read in a long time. I used to read it. Sometimes it, it hit me really good. I mean, it, I, it would speak to me, to my spirit, and fill my soul with goodness. 
Hopefully we'll hit a payload today. This one, this book right here is called Streams in the Desert, 366 Daily Devotional Readings by L.B. Cohen. And the story is that the husband was compiling all this and he died and the wife finished it. And uh, she's the L.B., which Linda or something. And this is from the 1800s, turn of the century, something like that. Here we go, September 14th. If anyone should come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Mark 8.34 The cross that my Lord calls me to carry may assume many different shapes. I may have to be content with mundane tasks in a limited area of service, when I may believe my abilities are suited for much greater work. Greater work. I may be required to continue cultivate the same field after year after year after year, even though it yields no harvest whatsoever. I may be asked of God to nurture kind, loving thoughts about the very person who has wronged me and to speak gently to him and take his side when others oppose him and bestow sympathy and comfort to him. I may have to openly testify of my master before those who do not want to be reminded of him or his claims. I may be called to walk through this world with a bright, smiling face with my heart is breaking. Wow, I don't know about that. This is just a suggestion and uh, an opinion. Uh, how about I may be called to praise and worship the Lord and give Him thanks and praise for His triumph on the cross. How about if I put my eyes on the Lord instead of the people that are groping around? Yes, there are many. Sorry, that was my part there. Yes, there are many crosses, and every one of them is a heavy and painful. Okay, and there are many, there are many triumphs, folks, and many of them are exhilarating and fun and, and ongoing. I mean, you can, uh, I can do this same thing, a high five, and minister to people in Hawaii, which I've done, in the different islands, which I've done, enthusiastically and genuinely. Um, Passing out the word of God and, and uh, cheering people on of oh, the triumphant Jesus. And it's unlikely that I would seek out even one of them on my own. Yet Jesus is never as near to me as when I li- lift my cross, lay it submissive on my shoulders, and welcome it with patience and uncomplaining spirits. You know that eventually the guy's going to blow it, right? <laughs> we have enough saints. He draws close to me in order to mature my wisdom, deepen my peace, increase my courage, and supplement my power. All the, my, See how he says my power? It's really his power. It's his wisdom. It's his peace. Increase my power. Do I hear a sense of, in his writers, do I see a sense of poor me, you know, uh, working for my salvation? All this he, he does so that through the very experience that is so painful, and distressing to me. Oh, poor child. I will be of greater use to others. Who is this guy? And then I will echo these words of one of the Scottish covenators of the 17th century in prison for his faith by John Graham of Cleaver House. I grow under the load. I grow under the Lord. I grow under the load. Alexander Smelly, Smiley, S-M-E-L-L-I-E, not Smelly. Well, all I got to say about that is uh, I praise under the load. 
I grow in praise under the Lord. I grow in love under the Lord. I grow in things, you know, anyway, you know what I'm saying. Like the Apostle Paul would say, see, that's why I don't read the book that much anymore. It's got good, little bit on it, and then it's got stuff that it just doesn't sit well with me. And I got to call a duck a duck. I'm sorry. Life is too short. Jesus said, it is finished. The Lord says, I will dance around you and rejoice over you with my love. There's victory and triumph abound. All right. September 14th. Now I'm going to read this and let me know what book I'm reading from. The second book says, Worship me by living close to me. This was my original design for man, in whom I breathe my very breath of life. This is my desire for you, that you stay near me as you walk along your life path. Each day is an important part of that journey. Although you may feel as if you're going nowhere in this world, your spiritual journey is another matter altogether, taking you along steep, treacherous paths of adventure. That is why walking in the light of my presence is essential to keep you from stumbling. By staying close to me, you present yourself as a living sacrifice. Even the most routine part of your day can be a spiritual act of worship. Holy and pleasing to me. Amen. There you go. Now that brings us into true reality to the Gospels and to what Jesus has accomplished. And what what I just read is based on Romans 2.7, Psalms 89.15, and Romans 12.1 and 2. Doesn't that stand and go down our spirits a little better? That is why walking in the light of my presence is essential to keep you from stumbling. Walking in the light of my presence. That was from Jesus Calling, guys. Sarah Young, of course. All right. Our next book is from the same thing, Sarah Young. This book is called Jesus Today. And she gives, on this book, she brings out the scripture she's using for the Holy Spirit speaking to us. The Holy Spirit is saying, I want you to learn the secret of being content in any area of situation. That's the Holy Spirit to us. So, But let's go ahead and put something in the hopper, in the engine, in the oven, in the motor, in the fuel line. And these three scriptures, let's put that in our spirits before we read the Holy Spirit's enthusiastic message towards us. Amen. Philippians 4.12, I know what is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any area and every situation, whether we've well fed or hungry, whether living in pleasant or in want. Philippians 4 12. Psalm 62 8. Trust in him and at all times, O people, pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. Trust in him. In other words, Lord, I had it with this situation, this neighbor. It just ticks me off. Every time I say hi for them for the last 10 years, they shun me, Lord. And I always try to be kind and enthusiastic, Lord. A good cocktail bomb would do fix them up. And then that thing subsides, and the next day I wave and smile. Okay, so that's the way it works for me. Rage and falling off a handle and screaming and yelling and as long as we do it in the in our house with our dad he that's that's what it means trust in him at all times and guys 
I know Jesus didn't do this. Oh, God, why do I have to go to the cross? Is there any way you can change this? Or did he? All right. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Like I said, it is 2.30 in the morning. I'm hoping I get back to bed, folks. I got to do some painting in the morning. I'd rather be doing this than painting, but I have a friend that's... Uh, God sent him enthusiastic wants to come early in the morning and help me finish the wall I've been repairing. Isn't that cool? Psalms 92, 1, verse 1 and 2 says, It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night. Again, it is good to give thanks to the Lord, thank you, Lord, and to sing praises to your name, we praise you, we glorify you, Lord. O Most High, the Most High, the Most High, the Most High, guys, to declare your loving kindness, hallelujah, in the morning, and declare your faithfulness every evening. Amen. Don't you want God's loving kindness in the morning? That friend of mine almost died of alcoholism. That friend that's coming over, I used to take him coffee at five in the morning and get him out of the 35 degree freezing out of that bench and let him go get in the in the truck while the truck is warming and he'll fall asleep for a couple hours while I take a walk and leave my truck running and today the, the man is strong through the mercy and the help of the 12-step program folks the church didn't have anything the church didn't have accommodations to, to, to take care of them like that. It was people that put hospitals that take in these kind of people and they detox them. And then they put them into, into programs and so forth that lost their way, a businessman. And now the person is strong, doing good, got a job, looking for work, and wants to pay it back. And I'm so caught up on these books and these podcasts that... Uh, the, helping me finish up the work I started. All right, one more reading. Thank you, God, for sending the person to help me as an expert in uh, masking and painting and, and enthusiasm for life. Get this, the bathroom finish and the uh, just paint, new paint, folks, just to make it look a little, little more holier. Amen. Okay, the scriptures of God that I'm going to read right now are called a guide for life. It's from the uh, God's Promises for Your Every Need. Little book. Amen. And the first one is, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. When you go, it shall lead you. And when you sleep it, it shall keep thee. And when you awake, it shall talk with thee. For the commandment, the word, is a lamp and the law is light. And reproofs of instructions are the way of life. Amen. Proverbs 6, 22, 23. And folks, sometimes those reproofs of instruction has to be a two-by-four by a loving father. And you can experience that when you're, when you're headed in the wrong direction. Ask him, if I'm heading in the wrong direction, well, use a two-by-four, Lord, for your love. Prove your love to me. Reprove. And if I don't learn, hit me, in the, hit me again with a two-by-four, Lord. So I may find the way, the truth, and the life and teach others the way, the truth, and the life. We might as well test it, see if I got it in me. If I am one of the elect and I will listen, pay attention, Lord, 
Amen. Okay? It says, Reproofs, it says, For the word of God is a lamp and the law is light. The commandment is a lamp and the law is light. And reproofs of instructions are the way of life. In other words, getting hit in the head and be instructed is the only the way some of us learn. Our next one is Psalm 119.11. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against thee. Now there's something we can do. We're always saying God is not doing nothing for me. He never does nothing for me. <laughs> and then right here, this is what we can do. What we're doing right here. We're listening to the word of God. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against thee. Take the word of God and hold your breath with it. Ready? Ready? Thy word have I hid in my heart. Hold your breath. Hold it. Hold it. Thy word have I hid in my heart and in my breath. Keep it there. Ah, okay, now that word is inside of us. And that if I might not sin against the Lord. Who are you sinning to? You know, I'm not sinning to my brothers and sisters. I'm sinning against the Lord by speaking wrong, thinking wrong, behaving wrong. That's how I'm saying. I should be praising right, uh, worshiping correctly, and uh, giving thanks unto the Lord. That's the right thing to do. Psalm 1911, Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. Do we want great rewards? You betcha. We want great rewards. Who doesn't want great reward? God has instituted a great reward. I mean, don't let the preachers, because they were born with a silver spoon, take the great reward from you. They're, they're already comfortable, man. You know, life is part of work and getting a paycheck and expectancy. It's amazing that people have a, we have a, we have a strong opinion on the way that we should look at our finances. But then we have a stronger spirit opinion with our employer when we don't get our check or we're going to cut down or we want more, right? Oh, do we have a strong opinion on that one. All right, I'm meddling. I've seen it when I was in those works where you know, people get, they want their $20 another job to make them rich and make give them all the things and... And to me, the $20 job was just to put mercy on that part for me to stay alive so I can get my college degree and make my own business and create my own empire. That's the process of having that, not settling, trying to get blood out of a rock of a service position. Come on now. Oh, I sound so intelligent and so judgmental and righteous, aren't I? <clears throat> okay, let's move on. Psalm 119.9 Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereof according to thy word. By taking heed. What is taking heed? I want some heed. It sounds like seed, huh? By taking seed thereunto according to thy word. Letting the seed in thy heart. Next scripture. John 8.31 and 32. I love these scriptures right here. Then Jesus said to the Jews which believed in him, believed in him, or willing to believe in him, or have consideration on him, or give him a hearing ear through the heart. If you continue in reading my word, 
Then you are called my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. There's something about the Word, guys, that elevates us and clears us of wrong thinking, and even spiritually, and and in this world, and it just makes us wiser and more loving and enthusiastic. So let's we keep on doing what we're doing, folks. It's the best thing out there. I haven't found anything else better in this life. Booze didn't do it. Criticizing didn't do it. Being, how about trying being negative, right? Oh, yeah, the feelings of trying to be judgmental and negative. Did that do it? That doesn't work. We were made to be positive, happy, joyous, and praising God and running into the ocean water and swimming and floating and enjoying life, folks. Psalm 119.24, the testimonies are also my delight and my counselors. You know, talking about my friend coming over today, tomorrow, I've been wanting to hit some meetings around the uh, ocean before it starts getting cold. And the weather is starting to loosen up from when the, the Pacific is still warm right now from the hot, hot sun. And I may just tell him, hey, let's forget the paintings. Let's go hit our early meeting on the ocean on uh, Pacific Beach under Pier 11. You know, it's funny. I was at a meeting the other day, and one guy said, you know, I heard you say that two years ago that you were going to go to the ocean. And, oh, my truck uses $5 of gas every 10 miles, you know. And I'm being conservative, right? So maybe we'll throw some sandwiches or just get going to the to the meeting, hit the ocean, swimming, then go back and hit another. These are 12-step meetings, folks. AA, they're they're open on and there's laughter, there's roaring laughter, there's roaring. We're drinking spiritual principles, spiritual words, testimonies, and we're enjoying people that we've never met. Brothers and sisters that are in the fold. And blah, blah, blah. Let me finish my reading over here. Amen. That's a good thought, huh? I'll give you a report on that. Just in about three or four more hours. Because, we you know, we start early our work here. At least six in the morning to beat the heat. All right. Second Peter 1.4 says, Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these we might be partakers of the divine nature, having been escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Amen. There's, there's corruption in the world through lust, folks. And we will escape that by, by understanding and reading these words. And we will be partakers of a divine nature. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Shalom. Peace, brothers. Psalm 37, 23 says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. See? We rejoice and give thanks. It's easier for God to to show us our steps and the way if if we're enthusiastic, joyful, and we make a choice to be happy with him for that day then it's easy for him to order us. And he delights on the way. He gets excited. He doesn't want to be clobbering with a two-by-four all the time. Like, you know, like a dumb sheep. 
Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You know, I was meditating on that scripture this morning on my bed, and I'm thinking, wow, why we're so dumb, we're so ignorant, you know? God makes it so plain that Jesus is the door, Jesus is the light, Jesus is the bread of life, Jesus is the truth, and all these things become that Jesus is trying to love us and get us into heaven. Uh, you know, he says, uh, the sin of the world is they do not believe in me. They don't believe in him. You know, we have a, a stubborn nature that keeps fighting and we come up with all different kinds of religions and institutions and stuff. Psalm 32, two, I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go and I will guide you with my eye. I will, the Lord says, live inside you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We will teach you in how you should go. I will guide you with my eye. So be enthusiastic and be loose as a goose and happy as a long-necked goose that the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit live inside of us. Let's just relax and, re- and be ourselves you know, once we got the word out on it, we have to be so scared that we're going to run into lust and sin. Psalm 23, 3 says, He restores my soul and leads me in the path of righteousness for His namesake. He restores. Our souls are restored through Jesus Christ. We have come home. We're delighted in Him. Now He leads us in paths of righteousness. For What's the righteousness thing? Going to the ocean and enjoying God's ocean is righteousness. Being going to a meeting early in the morning, the sun's coming up. We do this in Hawaii. Getting the Pacific, touching the water and say, I will be in the other side of the of these waters and before the the winter falls in. I think it's gonna come in about seven or eight days. Or fall, excuse me. I'll be prophesying. I'll be be like Moses. Oh, water, open up. All the way to Hawaii. I'll be at the Pacific Coast. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his namesake. Isaiah 30, 21 says, And your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, This is the way. Go to Seal Beach. Walk you in it. When you turn to the right hand and when you turn to the left, I will show you and restore you. The reason I'm emphasizing on that, folks, one time I, my car broke down on Highway 5 overlooking the Pacific Ocean on the little hill. I sat down with a bottle of water, and I was joyful. And I said to the Lord, it's going to be fun to see you how you're going to get me out of this. And I looked up, and I smelled the ocean, and I was meditating on the huge ocean. And then I heard the voice of God say, when was the last time you enjoyed my ocean? He said to me. I was running back and forth trying to achieve this license, that license, this, this, this. Just running healthy scalp like I've been doing since the 80s. Yep, folks, I think I talked myself into it. Got plenty of, uh, got all kinds of resources, soda, ice. Man, I'm ready. We're ready to rock and roll and go meet some and have a, 
have an experience that others can be delighted on. Others will hear in the meeting, and they will be delighted. My friends will be delighted that I I done good to my soul by going to the ocean. You know, it's just good testimony to tell people that you're enjoying God's life. You know, my mama was always said, Mama, use your money in the house. Don't leave it to us. Get out there and, and let's go places. You know, I'd rather have you blueprinted in my mind of you enjoying your life, meeting people, doing things, and appreciating God's earth, his many, many fine qualities that he built for us to enjoy. Streams, lakes, mountains, deserts and hills. In Luke 1, verse 70 and 79, as he spoke by the mouth of holy prophets, which have been said the world began, has been since the world began, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Amen. Beautiful, beautiful. And Joshua 1.8, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night. There it is. That you shall make your observe, absorb, and that observe to do according to all that is written therein. But then you shall make your way. You shall make your way prosperous. Who will? As soon as I observe, I observe, I observe. In other words, the words penetrate my soul. Then I, I can walk according to that written therein. For then, this is what I can do. I can make my way prosperous. And I shall have good success because I have the, the prosperous word inside my heart like we're having now. These words are good. You should listen to them over and over again. Get it in your spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Our last scripture is 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for two-by-fours, for correction, for enthusiasm, for instruction in righteousness, instruction with happiness, that the man of God may be happy and perfect, thoroughly furnished with enthusiasm and power for all good works. In Jesus' mighty name. Go in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I bless you. I pronounce the Aaron, blessing upon you. The blessings of the Lord be upon you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. May the Lord smile on you and be happy for you smiling at Him and being happy with Him. In Jesus' name, God bless you.